Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. How about them Cubbies, baby? Big line movement going against them, about 45 cents worth. Hey, even I was doubting the Cubbies against a former NL Cy Young winner. Well, I guess he's technically still the current NL Cy Young winner, but Corbin Burns, what, he didn't give a walk in over like 200 batters, and then the first batter he faced, he walked him? I don't know. I mean, look, the Cubs find a way on opening day. It's a different atmosphere, different outlook, especially at the friendly confines, and we did talk about, I mean, hey, this Cubs team could be a little undervalued heading throughout the course of this season. Yes, it's one game, but still a lot to be excited about, and we're here to discuss it once again on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you could always follow me on Twitter at Danny Burke Five, and you can catch my show Rush Hour on Veasan, the sports betting network, Monday through Friday, five to six p.m. Central Time, and you can get a hold of that on the Marquee Sports Network on Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts available, and of course, the VEASAN app and VSIN.com. On this episode of the CityCast, trying to get it out as soon as possible so we can give you a brief preview of the Cubs and White Sox games happening during the day, so we might as well jump right into that. And then in the second part, we will preview the Bulls game. Yes, the Bulls are still playing basketball, folks, and yes, you actually may be you might, I guess, rather have a opportunity to bet on them and see them get a dub tonight. Very tough to gauge, though, motivation-wise. 
for their team versus who they're going against being the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll go through all of that in the second part of this episode. Let's kick it off in the diamond, though. Let's go ahead and start with the White Sox 2022 season debut. They got Lucas Giolito taking the bump and going against Giolito. Eduardo Rodriguez from the Boston Red Sox, now with the Detroit Tigers. We talked also about teams that could be undervalued on a game-to-game basis. And, folks, this Detroit Tigers squad certainly could be one of them. They got a good young rotation coming up. Hitting-wise, well, you add Javier Baez, and they have some pieces here and there. Now, offense over the long haul could continue to be something that is not showing up. So what I'm saying really is their offense may lack some consistency in producing runs, but I believe their pitching, at least in terms of their starting rotation, will keep them in a decent amount of games. But let's preview this pitching matchup really quick. So uh, looking at Eduardo Rodriguez, what did he do last year with the Red Sox? Well, he sported a record of 13-8, and had an ERA of 4.74. But remember, we always look at XFIP, and an XFIP for Eduardo Rodriguez was 3.43. So not too shabby at all. As for his whip, 1.39. Yeah, that's a tad bit concerning. New look, new team. And just new stadium all throughout. So I'm not really going to get into the splits too much. We'll see how he can do at home being a part of the Tigers. But overall, we know Rodriguez has potential and can light it up on any given outing. As for Lucas Giolito, I've talked about Giolito several times. Maybe not only just here on the CityCast, but just with a lot of my friends that are diehard White Sox fans. And don't get me wrong, Lucas Giolito is a very, very solid pitcher. But he's a pitcher who has slightly, in my opinion, and just based on the numbers, regressed. Now, what does regression mean for Giolito? Because he set his expectations so high in, what was it, 2019 after being one of the worst pitchers in 2018, it's kind of hard to replicate that. And he's, again, not more so falling back to the to the norm of what we expected of him. He's still doing exceptionally well based on where he started off at. But I guess, again, just based on where that bar was set in 2019, it's been a slow regression. But that seems to be inevitable, right? It's it's really tough to do that over the course of such a long season as a starting pitcher. But again, his numbers were still solid last year. 11-9, 3.53 ERA, 3.75 XFIP, which is his highest XFIP that he's posted since 2018 when he had a 5.46 XFIP. So it was kind of teetering slightly concerning zone like 3.75 is still very very solid don't get me wrong but if you're getting up until that three or up into that 3.8 3.9 teetering the four range and it's like all right now this guy might be a little volatile from time to time but still not disastrous not anything terrible that would really scare you from backing him or trusting him in a spot especially against a tigers team that you are better than but still could give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of trouble throughout this season. So, look, Giolito, in my opinion, is the better pitcher in this matchup, and it's favorable to the White Sox because, well, they're going up against a lefty. We know they thrive against lefties. 775 OPS is what they posted last season against Southpaws compared to 753 against righties. Now, a disadvantage, and we also talked about this while previewing the White Sox, is their inability to not only have dominance hitting-wise 
against top teams. Tigers aren't in that category, but it's to have that consistent hitting on the road. Now, on the road, they had an OPS of 729. At home, they had an OPS of 789. 60-point difference right there. So that's what scares me, and especially on opening day where we already saw so much nonsense occur. I mean, I had the Braves' run line not even close. I had the Padres. That just... uh, Welcome back to baseball, baby. You Darvish throws, what, a freaking no-hitter through six innings? They take him out. All right. Padres' bullpen takes care of business up until the last damn inning. They load the bases, give up a run, and then a three-run home run by the guy whose last name is Beer on National Beer Day. And I just want to already jump off a balcony on opening day of baseball. That's the beauty of baseball. You gotta love it though, right? No, I absolutely hate it. I'm just kidding. You know I love baseball. It's the ebbs and flows of the season. You're gonna get good good wins like that in your favor. You're gonna get atrocious beats like that when you are betting in general, but especially when you are betting a sport like baseball. I guess it's payback for getting the Florida Panthers come back from 5-1, to one, winning 7-6 to six in overtime against the Maple Leafs on Tuesday. So, you know, I guess we'll call it even. But uh, it just stinks to start off the MLB season with our plates from Rush Hour 0-2 because that Padres game, they did everything right except for the ninth, and that's why you can't trust these stupid-ass bullpens in Major League Baseball nowadays because they'll always find a way to screw you. And look... It, I'm not the biggest fan of betting first five money lines or run lines. I do like first five totals, and I will definitely do that more than full game totals. But in terms of money line, yes, the bullpens are going to screw you every now and then. But I don't know, man. I mean, that's why we always say, you know, be cautious nowadays because bullpens are such a looming issue in Major League Baseball. It will be this season. It has been very much so the last two years. But I got screwed on it opening day. (laughs) And it was just, I don't know, it was just a welcome back to baseball. So happy to be here, folks. But in all seriousness, uh, I kind of lost where we were at. But look, the Chicago White Sox in this game, beneficial because you're going against the Southpaw, not favorable per se because you're on the road. And we have to see the White Sox perform on the road. Now, also what is not good for the White Sox, their injuries. This team just can't catch a break, it seems like. We know Crochet's out for the year, but Lance Lynn is going to miss some time. Didn't matter. He wasn't going to play in this game. But then you're missing Yerman Mercedes, 10-day IL. Joe Kelly in your bullpen, 10-day IL. Yoan Mancata is out for at least three weeks. And obviously, Tim Anderson, we know uh, he's going to be sitting a two-game suspension that Major League Baseball handed down near the end of last year. He was initially suspended three games for making contact with an umpire. That's when the bench is cleared against the Tigers. But I guess somewhere between the end of last year and the beginning of this year, that suspension was reduced from three games to two games. Uh, The Tigers, what can they do offensively? Uh, Well, what did they do last year or lack thereof? Against righties, they hit 696 OPS. They were a lot better against lefties, 732 OPS. At home, they had an OPS of 707, pretty much identical of what they posted on the road. Line for this game at Bat Rivers open pretty, pretty low. At Bat Rivers, minus 122. Detroit plus 105. Well, now you see the White Sox minus a buck 41 and Detroit plus 120. Total open eight. Now it's down to seven and a half. Overs minus 118. Under is even money. I kind of like the under, but not at seven in the hook. I'd try to get an eight. 
Run line, if you want to lay a run and a half with the White Sox, it's plus 125. Now, if you want to take a run in the hook for security purposes with Detroit, you are laying minus 155. Now, I get that it looks like there's been huge line movement toward the White Sox, but you got to give credit where credit's due. And I'm saying that in the sense of Bet Rivers has really done a stellar job of getting their lines up early for some of these games. So I am not going to take that movement per se into account as much because they opened it pretty early and they just opened it a little bit too low, I think. I, I think it's more so not you're seeing sharp action per se go on the White Sox necessarily as it is Bet Rivers getting hometown love. And also just that's maybe where the line should have been opened at regardless. So that doesn't mean they can't win. That doesn't mean I'm going to be shocked if they do win or wouldn't trust them. But I think if this if this does keep getting more value toward Detroit, again, we talk about an undervalued team and just for the reasoning that it's opening day, wonky things happen. And furthermore, the White Sox are missing some pieces I would probably look toward taking the underdog in Detroit, if anything. I'm not in love with Eduardo Rodriguez being the starter and him being a southpaw. But again, I don't hate the idea of taking of taking the plus money with Detroit. Now, I had these numbers and now I just lost it. But let me see where my tab went and where my numbers are. Because we have some averages from how each respective team has hit against the opposing pitcher. So if you uh, if you let me filibuster here for a few moments, I will pull that up. All right, here we go. Chicago White Sox, how have they fared against Eduardo Rodriguez? Well, if you look at the batting averages, he got A.J. Pollock, newly acquired from the Dodgers. He has faced Rodriguez three times, got one hit, average of 333. Abreu, 3-12, 250 average, two RBIs, one homer, three Ks. Jimenez, one of two. Garcia, 2 of 8. Harrison, 0 of 2 in his career. Now let's look at how the Detroit players have done against Giolito. Grossman, 5 of 22. Your leadoff man, 227. Austin Meadows, 333. 3 of 9. Baez, 5 of 11. 455. Candelario, 9 of 27. 333. Cabrera at DH, 214. He's 6 of 28. Uh, scoop or shoop scoop. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I forgot how to pronounce his last name. Eight of 28, 286, not too shabby. And then Badu, Badu. I don't know some of these names again on Detroit. You know, bear with me. Uh, three and nine, three thirty three. So look, some of these guys have actually done very, very well against Giolito. I'm telling you, if anything, if, if, if I'm not making an official play, but I would go with the Tigers at plus 120. Let's shift over to the Cubbies now. How about the Cubs taking care of business on opening day against the Milwaukee Brewers? They went 5-4 to four in a, I guess you could say, thrilling fashion. It was a very opening day type of game and atmosphere for the Cubs in the sense that there was uh, there was just some, some drama, right? I mean, it was just excitement all throughout, and it came down to the very end. But the Cubs win 5-4. to four. And you had a good performance from some players all throughout. How about Ian Happ? You know, I give Ian Happ a lot of grief. He came through and he had some clutch hits. So shout out to Ian Happ. That's what we want from you, buddy. That's what we need from you. Uh, Nikki Two Strikes still battling at the plate, being Nick Madrigal. How about Saya Suzuki getting a couple walks and a hit? Looked very calm, cool, and poised out there, both offensively on the base path. And I guess... 
defensively too. I mean, so in all facets. So uh, that was great to see in his Major League Baseball debut. And the Cubs bullpen didn't fully blow it, although I thought they were going to. I know they did the one time. I just thought it was going to, like Norris did, and then I thought they were going to do it again. But uh, just because they didn't yesterday doesn't mean they can't today. <laughs> but Milwaukee, for this game, folks, opened up at Bat Rivers minus 164. The Cubbies plus 140, and the total opened seven and the hook. Now the wind looks to be blowing in at 12 miles per hour because now the total you see adjusted to seven. Juice slightly on the over at Bat Rivers minus 114, and the under seven is minus 105. Current and updated money line price, Milwaukee opens minus 164. Now they are at minus 159. The Cubbies were plus 140. Now they are plus 135. Run line, if you want to lay run uh, a run and a half, excuse me, with Milwaukee, is plus 106. If you want to take the run and the hook with the Cubbies, it is minus 132. Looking at these pitchers, Justin Steele. Now, Steele, we know, uh, young kid. Made his Cubs debut last season, went 4-4, four 4.26 four, ERA, 4.21 XFIP, and he has a whip of 1.35. Now, uh, it's a little tough to judge him, right? You don't have the biggest sample size, and last season was definitely unique. Also, if you do want to look at his splits, ERA at Wrigley Field in 29.2 innings pitched. Not great. 6.07 ERA on the road. He had a 2.30 ERA. But let's look at that XFIP. 4.41 at home, 3.99 on the road. So maybe the friendly confines ain't too friendly to the southpaw Justin Steele. Now, Steele went 0-1 with a 3.97 ERA in four games, two of those starts, against the Brewers as a rookie last season. You're facing Brandon Woodruff, who throws absolute gas out there. He finished fifth in the NL Cy Young balloting in 2021. He's He went 2-1 with a 2.75 ERA in 13 games, 11 of those starts, against the Cubbies. And the Cubs are the team that he has opposed more than any other. So let's look a little bit deeper into Woodruff. What did he do last season? 9-10 was his record, 2.56 ERA, 3.05 XFIP, and his whip is 0.96. Very, very good for Brandon Woodruff. On the road, had a little bit better ERA. Um, well, now my screen just reloaded, so I guess it flipped. <laughs> it, it said it was better, and then it just switched around. So at home, he was 2.31. Away, he was 2.79. I don't know. Fangraphs was being kind of tweaky for a second, but a little bit better at home. XFIP at home, yeah, it was better here too. 2.67 on the road, 3.40. So actually a decent-sized uh, split for his home and road XFIP split. So, yeah, let's be honest. The big advantage pitching-wise goes to Brandon Woodruff. And you could say, Danny, well, you gave the pitching advantage to the Cy Young and Corbin Burns yesterday against Hendricks. You said we're going to fade Hendricks. Look, yes, I said that. More often than not, I will probably look to fade Kyle Hendricks because the league is going to adjust, and they tee off him every now and then, like I'm guaranteeing you will see. But at the same time, yes, Hendricks is capable of having one of his vintage outings, which we saw on display yesterday. And we were happy to see it. Good for Hendricks. That's awesome. That's great for the Cubbies. Gives you a little bit of momentum. Getting that first game win is always big. Even though it's a long season, still goes a long way. 
but I don't trust Steele in this matchup, and I trust the Brewers to be a little pissed off coming into this game. So no, I'm not eager to lay minus 160 with Milwaukee. I would probably go run line at plus 106. I would maybe look for a for a first five under, but I am a little scared that Steele still could give up some runs in this game. So overall, I'm not going to be touching anything with the Cubbies, uh, but I do think the Brewers probably find a way to win this game unless Steele has a really good outing because I'm not fully confident this uh, I was going to say Bulls and Bears. <laughs> this Cubs offense is going to be able to put some dents in Brandon Woodruff today. So I think the Brewers probably find a way to bounce back and even up the series at one apiece. But let's hope the Cubbies can work some magic once again and cash as a plus 135 home underdog. Aside from that baseball action, haven't gotten fully invested into the other games, but I probably will have a play or two, so make sure you check out Rush Hour, naturally, on vcin.com, as I always tell you to do, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, some of the later games we'll look into, Mets and Nationals, maybe. I'm not as in love or interested in that one. You got the Blue Jays and the Rangers, Braves and Reds. Uh, Braves, you're dead to me. Padres, you're dead to me. Minus 143 money line against the Diamondbacks. Obviously, I'm kidding because I have the, bra the Padres 18-1 to to win the World Series. But that was just classic San Diego and classic baseball. And I'm going to be salty about it until, probably until I win another bet on the Padres in the future. But you got to move on. I'm trying. I'm trying. That's what we got to do here. But uh, baseball is a grueling sport to bet. And that was... <laughs> That was exemplified last night for myself and uh, hoping we can have a little bit better luck this night and heading into the weekend because we're looking forward to it. I do love baseball and I love betting and it's one of our most profitable sports that we have bet throughout the course of my show Rush Hour and just since I've been a part of VEASAN last season, uh, let me pull up my exact record, but last year we had a really good baseball year. Now during the pandemic, it definitely wasn't my strongest year. But last season, we went 63-39-2. So a really strong year for baseball. Was happy to get that result and looking for more of the same coming into this season. Nice little 62% clip. So uh, yes, that would be very ideal to replicate that performance. But we got a long way to go. We got to keep grinding. And uh, yeah, we'll be here to help you on the CityCast. And of course, Rush Hour. And I'll be tweeting out any additional plays at Danny Burke 5 Okay, that's enough baseball talk here. Let's take a quick break and then come back. The Bulls, yes, the Chicago Bulls. Don't forget they still play here in Chicago. You probably refuse to look at the box score, and hey, I don't blame you. And who knows, you might want to do the same after tonight. But they are a slight favorite, and they do have the Charlotte Hornets coming to the United Center. So let's preview that game, see if it's worth betting, and then we will send you off into your Friday night and weekend. But more action coming basketball-wise on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. No football? No problem. Because Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, pro basketball, and much more. So don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. So get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. 
Are we still watching Bulls games? Are we still betting Bulls games? Well, unfortunately, yes, I am because I think the last two props I've done in the Bulls games have not been good for myself. But uh, luckily for me, as I'm recording this right now, they do not have the props posted at Bet Rivers. I know it might be a bummer if you want to get involved, but if there's anything that actually sticks out, again, I will talk about it on Rush Hour. And speaking of which, we got a good show tonight. Uh, Jam-packed guest list, JBT, VEASAN senior NBA analyst joining us. Jonathan Davis, host of the Ice Cap on Sirius XM NHL, talking buck. And our guy Dave Ross, familiar face in the Chicagoland area, will talk some UFC, probably a little bit of Masters if we have some time and anything else he's got some interest in. So we're going all over the place for our show from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. All right, Bulls, we know they've got a game tonight, and they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite against LaMelo Ball. Will not be playing his brother Lonzo. We know Lonzo's out for the year. Shocker, you kind of knew it was coming. Um, look, it stinks. The Bulls need him. They're not going to get out of the first round. You know this. We know this. Everyone knows this. But what about tonight? Let's keep our mind focused more narrowly. 7 p.m. Central Time tip. The Bulls listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Bet Rivers. Against the Hornets, and the Hornets plus 114 as the road underdog, whereas the Bulls are laying minus 136 as the home favorite. And the total right now you are seeing as high as 233. And folks, this thing opened 228. So the love has gone toward the over, and rightfully so, let's be honest. I mean, both of these defenses, nothing uh, to write home about, to say the least. Look, Charlotte offensively, they're ninth in points per possession, seventh in effective field goal percentage, whereas the Bulls defensively are 22nd in defensive points per possession and 21st in effective field goal percentage. Good news for the Bulls. The Hornets, 28th in offense, uh, offensive free throw rate. You know the Bulls struggle with fouling. Hey, maybe they won't as much against the Hornets. Offensively, the Bulls now rank 13th in offensive points per possession and 9th in effective field goal percentage. But we mentioned that the defense was poor and Charlotte is 20th in defensive points per possession and 26th in effective field goal percentage. Now, 9th is what the Bulls rank in free throw rate offensively, but Charlotte not terrible. 13th in defensive free throw rate, so we'll see if the Bulls can take advantage in that category. Shooting frequency, where do a majority of the Hornets' shot attempts come from? They come at the rim, 38%, which is third highest, and 39% from three, which is 10th most. Now, how much do they actually make from there? Well, they're making about 36.5% from three, which is 10th. At the rim, they're connecting on 64.5%, which isn't as good. It's 19th. So the Hornets are going to thrive against the Bulls from deep because the Bulls rank 27th and defending beyond the arc. 37% of their opponent's shot attempts from three-point land go in. As for at the rim, their opponents are only making 64%, which is seventh best. Now, also, what you got to consider is that, well, their opponents are taking a majority of their shots from deep because that's where the Bulls blow. So maybe them defending the rim would be worse if they were just getting taken advantage of a little bit more so in that regard. But still, the Hornets are going to find a way to have some success and probably beyond the arc and more than just that. But look, uh, the Hornets are on the second leg of a back-to-back. They won 128-101 to last night versus Orlando, whereas the Bulls now come in on a three-game losing streak. It's their home finale tonight. They're closing a five-game homestand in which they lost the last three games. 
by at least 18-point margins. That is absolutely disgusting. But the Bulls have beaten Charlotte twice, 133-119 to at the beginning of the year, and then at Charlotte more recently, 121-109. to Now, the Hornets do have a lot to play for in the sense that they are the 10th seed, so they're in the playing game. They won't fall out of it, but the Hawks and Nets are only one game ahead of them, so they have a couple to go, and if things go right, hey, maybe you get home court advantage for the first playing game. So they'll still be playing very competitively, whereas the Bulls, Let's be honest, they're going to be in the sixth seed unless they win the next two and Toronto loses their next two games, which is very unlikely. So what do you even do if you're the Bulls here? Are you playing Levine? Are you playing DeRozan? Are you playing Caruso, who's questionable? I don't know. I That's why this game is almost impossible to bet. Now, Gordon Hayward is questionable for the Hornets. That's really their big injury you got to keep an eye out for. But folks, I just don't see how this is something you can trust betting. Now, the good news is that Chicago, we know a majority of their shots come from mid-range, 38% second highest, and the Hornets are brutal from mid-range, 43% of their opponent's shot attempts are going down, which is 22nd worst in the NBA. They're also really poor at defending the three, 23rd worst. The Bulls are making over 30% of their threes, but they take the lowest amount of three-point shots, 30th. That's why you see them pass up so many. Yeah, it's actually adding up. So yes, the Bulls and DeRozan could have a great game. Don't see the props right now. And again, you don't really know how, just how all out they're going to go, what type, of, what type of performance and just heart and hustle you're going to see at this point this season because it's such a unique time. It makes it really difficult to bet on the NBA. So don't force anything, folks. If it were a normal game, yes, I would bet the Bulls and I would probably bet DeRozan and his prop over. Uh, half court set. Offensively, Charlotte is 15th. Defensively, the Bulls are 24th. Offensively for Chicago, they're 7th. Charlotte is defensively, they're 18th. So, eh, not good really in one way or the other. Bulls have a slight advantage. Uh, transition offense, Charlotte is 3rd. Bulls defensively are 25th. Transition offense, somehow the Bulls are still 2nd. Hornets are 18th defensively. So, yeah, you could understand why the total is getting some love. You've missed it, what, by five points now? So I wouldn't suggest really getting involved. I would more so wait for an in-game opportunity because also, again, what we're talking about is the unknown and uncertainty of what at least the Bulls are putting out there. That naturally is going to contribute to how much they score if they've got their top players, if they've got the role guys, how good the defense could be, how serious and legitimate they are viewing this game as. So there's too many odd outliers and factors that can be implemented into the handicapping process of this game. And for that reason, I'm not going to touch anything. I'm not. If you got a Bulls team where Levine would play, DeRozan would play, Caruso's playing, and they're actually playing for something, they're going all out. Yeah, Chicago should, keyword should, be the better team than the Hornets. But nothing that we've seen from this disappointing team, yes, disappointing, would give me any confidence to put any money on them in any sort of capacity. And if you do have confidence in them, please let me know because I ain't finding it. At DannyBurke5 on Twitter, please chirp me and let me know. But look, the Hornets at the same time, do I want to bet them? Not necessarily, but I probably would bet them before I'd bet the Bulls. They have a more likely chance of altering their seating than the Bulls do. So I would only see an avenue for trusting Charlotte. But again, I just don't think I'm going to touch this. I'll wait for an in-game spot. Number one approach would be if the game starts slow, 
you get a way better number on the total, then probably look to attack the over. But nothing official right now with my plays, just some leans, folks. And uh, that's cost of doing business sometimes earlier in the morning when I'm recording this show and when you have an unstable Chicago Bulls team. But I'm, I promise we'll get some action for you on Rush Hour, so make sure you check it out. Tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, VSIN.com. Loaded show, tons of content, and many different angles to help you play some hopefully winning wagers. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Enjoy the rest of the baseball games on opening weekend and the Masters. Hopefully we get a nice little cash out with the one or a couple of our winners, whether it's top 10, top 20s, and then at least one of these outrights, of course. Because, well, you can't have multiple outright winners. But you get what I'm saying. We had multiple options, and we're hoping one of them comes through. All right, folks. Take care. Enjoy all the action. Best of luck. And we'll regroup here on Monday for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.